At one point last night, Jordan called me and asked where I was, and I said, I don't know. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Tape your boots into the stirrups and let you go. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes I want to take Matt to the train station, but I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Done, Drill Sergeant! Go! Why did you put that weapon together so quickly, go? You tell me to, real Sergeant. Jesus H. Christ! This is a new company record. Well, hello, boys. What's up? What's up? Damn, son, where'd you find this? Welcome back to No Brains, No Headache Podcast. This is episode 77. I'm your host, Jordan Weichel, and shortly I'll be joined by my co-hosts, Matt Cleary and Alec Larson. This is our Veterans Day episode, so thank you to all veterans out there. On today's show, we had a veteran uh, as guest. He came on. His name is John Paul. He joined us from Tucson, Arizona. Uh, He served some time in the Navy for this great country. He also did some rodeo. He's been to plenty of music festivals. He even worked on some movie sets uh, with the likes of the crazy Gary Busey. So we had him on for an interview. And thank you to John Paul for joining No Brains, No Headache podcast. Hopefully you enjoy the interview. It was kind of all over the place, but Matt and I had fun with it. After that, we get into Cleary's comments, the segment where we banter about random things. We'll tell you all about our weekends and get into a few heated debates. If you enjoy the show and want even more content from us, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, at NBNH Podcast. You can also check out our YouTube channel. Right now, you may be listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, perhaps iHeartRadio. Make sure you're following along so you don't miss any episodes. Then when you're comfortable, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. It's episode 77 of No Brains, No Headache podcast. This is an NBNH media production. Let's get it on. Okay. Let's party. All right, we now welcome on our guest this week. His name is John Paul. He joins us from Tucson, Arizona. We met him at ND Country Fest this past July. Now he joins the podcast. And he's also an eight-year veteran for this fine country. So, John Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. So let's get right into it. Um, you're joining us. You're down in Arizona right now, but you came up to ND Country Fest this last year. Uh, you know, No Brains, No Headache podcast has some great ties to ND Country Fest. And we came across you there. Uh, what was your experience in like in North Dakota here? Oh, it was nice. You know, I mean, a lot of really, really friendly people. And, and of course, meeting you two was definitely a... A blessing in disguise. You guys were a lot of fun and a lot of help. Um, you know, the festival was really nice. Uh, you know, I've been to a lot of festivals around the country, and it was a little bit smaller than some of them, but it was, you know, just kind of a hometown feel. So it was a, it was a really nice festival. We really had a good time out there. And looking forward to, um, you know, this coming year. How does a, a Navy vet rodeo guy and whatever you're doing now, how does someone get linked up with festivals? 
It's just like well, rodeo to festival doesn't seem like a transition <laughs> that's common. Well, you know, I mean, my rodeo career obviously took me around the country as well, but uh, uh, hooking up with the music festivals, I mean, I'm a big fan of obviously country music. That's obviously my favorite. Grew up on it. Uh, I grew up in Idaho and and uh, grew up around country music and and I enjoy going to the festivals and seeing the artists and and listening to some good music and I happen to uh, make a very close friend here in Tucson, um, DJ Do, and um, he does a lot of these festivals and so I tag along a lot of times as his as his road manager or you know just his friend and you know we just uh, travel around the country doing doing some of these festivals. Yeah, you were a jack of all trades at ND Country Fest. You're helping out with uh, the sound systems. You're carrying equipment all over. You know, you're a personal bartender as well, making sure everybody's nice and thirsty and, and you know satisfied with the drinks. So yeah, kudos to you. You're all over the place at Country ND Country Fest. You did not want to get in John Paul's way. <laughs> uh. No, it was a good time. I'm really glad we got to meet you out there. Um, you just you're coming off of Country Thunder. Is that down yeah. in Arizona? Yeah. Uh, well, there's there's multiple ones around okay. the country, but the one I just the one I just attended was uh, the one in Florence, Arizona, which is about an hour north of Tucson. Um, it's a very large music festival. Uh, there was somewhere in the neighborhood of 200, 250 thousand people over the course of the weekend. Um, so. So yeah. the, the population of North Dakota was at this <laughs> country music festival. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, a little bit bigger than the one out there. But, uh, you know, I mean, country music festivals, especially country music festivals, you know, you get a lot of the same people. And they're just good down-home people. And that's one of the main reasons why I enjoy going to them. So it, it, it's, it's a little bigger, but uh, still, you know, a lot of – I know a lot of people that go to this one. So, you know, traveling from camp to camp and uh, fortunately I didn't have to work at all at this one. It was just going up there for a good time. Um, you know, a close friend of mine, uh, you know, really helps out with uh, access to quite a few different things for us there. So, uh, you know, we look forward to going every year and it, you know, they got pushed back because of COVID obviously. So it was in October this year. Normally it's in April, um, but uh, April or October, the weather's always real nice. And uh, so, yeah, it was a good time. How do you land in uh, Tucson if you're from Idaho? Uh, well, my parents, uh, after I got out of the service, my parents had moved down here. My mom's originally from Arizona and I came to visit and liked it and got out of California and moved here. So um, I still have a lot of family up in Idaho and, and still go up there and visit. Um, go up there in August for the Caldwell Night Rodeo. Every August, I go up there and volunteer uh, with their rodeo committee and and help out up there every August. So, still somewhat involved in the rodeo world. I don't compete anymore because I'm too old and broken up. But <laughs> yeah, I think the first night I I met you, you're like, yeah, feel this knot on my head, and you have like just a chunk yeah. of your skull that was moving around. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's from uh, riding bareback horses, smacking the back of my head for years. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about like your rodeo career. You rode bareback. Did you do anything else, or is it strictly bareback? Yeah, I rode I rode bulls and bareback horses um, in the PRCA as well as uh, uh, some of the other 
associations and uh, I competed for about 10 years, you know, just having a good time and, and uh, tried to stay as healthy as I could. And, and, you know, I, I actually got pretty fortunate compared to a lot of them out there. Uh, I didn't get nearly as broken up as uh, a lot of the, a lot of the pros that, especially that travel that, that long on the circuit. So uh, I got started in it uh, when I was a kid, but, you know, up in Idaho, breaking horses for my grandfather and then just kind of, kind of led, led me down that path. Um, started competing uh, on the military rodeo team right before I got out of the service and then just moved into the PRCA. So, Yeah, we were uh, hanging out with some cowboys last night and I said uh, Matt would be a good, a good job for Matt would be to break in all the horses. Do you think Matt has a future in, in breaking horses? <laughs> I think you could just get me drunk enough and duct tape me to it and that'd be fine. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you've seen Yellowstone, but uh, that yeah. is kind of what I picture. I, I'm um, basically Jimmy from Yellowstone, just less yeah, talented yeah, somehow. Just, just tape your tape your boots into the stirrups and let you go. <laughs> yes. uh, Sometimes I want to take Matt to the train station, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, when we were talking at ND Country Fest about your rodeo career, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but was it kind of around the Lane Frost era, or is that incorrect? No, no. He 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 competed a little bit before me. Okay. Um, I started competing professionally in about. Uh, You're gonna date yourself here. Yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I started competing professionally about 1990 and went through okay. went through about 2000. So um, he was he was obviously one of my inspirations um along with uh when i was a kid i got the blessing of meeting a, a 1976 world champion chris ledoux um at uh, the call night rodeo in fact and uh you know he obviously inspired me and pushed me to to continue doing what i was doing and and uh you know i ha- had the pleasure of of knowing him over the years and and the inspiration from him as far as the bareback side of things go um and of course that also goes right into the country music side of things as well. Cause you know, he's definitely a, a rodeo Cowboys country music artist. And, and uh, that's the same Chris Ledoux that sings Copenhagen. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Unfortunately we lost him a few years ago, but uh, um, yeah, but yep. And now his son is carrying on his legacy, Ned Ledoux. Yep. I um, actually saw him at a private concert and he sounds just like his dad. Looks just like him, stands just like him, sings just like him. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, and, you know, one thing leads to another, you, you know, you go to a lot of these rodeos and there's concerts after or around them. Uh, NFR is coming up in December. Uh, I'll be attending that. And, you know, there's all kinds of country concerts and all kinds of stuff going on there. And my friend DJ do that. I came out there with, uh, he's performing at the Mirage that, that week. So, um, if anybody's at, you know, NFR and, and, uh, you don't have nothing to do, go to the Mirage every night. DJ do will be playing along with uh, other artists and I'm sure I'll be around there somewhere. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Go check out DJ do. He was another person we met at ND country fest. Uh, probably have to get him on the podcast at some point, but, uh, John Paul, you'll be proud of us and very happy. Uh, we actually sponsor a bull rider thoughts on oh, that. Nice. Is it rank? Um, Would you say it's rank? 
And Jordan's just <laughs> Jordan's just digging for people to call him rank. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is that is very awesome. I mean, pro rodeo is one of those sports where you don't get paid to show up. Um, you get paid when you win. And, um, you know, it's a very self-supported uh, profession and it's, you know, it's a, it's a hard, long road to, you know, travel professional rodeo. Um, and, you know, that's with all, all events, not just, you know, bulls and bareback horses like I did, but the roping, the, the barrel racers, the team ropers, the, you know, the, the saddle bronc. I mean, you, you pay your, you pay your entry fees, you pay your own travel costs. So sponsors are huge. And, you know, for you guys doing that, uh, you know, that, that, uh, says a lot about, uh, about your character and, and the, the way the way you guys look at uh, the sport of rodeo. So I, I appreciate that, and I'm not even competing anymore. But uh. Yeah, we've definitely been educating ourselves on, you know, rodeo, bull riding mainly, and it's just the, the stuff you learn and just how extreme the sport is. Uh, it just it's, it's crazy. It's a good and a bad thing, you know. It's high risk, high reward. Uh, but those guys, yeah, like you said, they go out there, nothing's really guaranteed. Uh, one thing I kind of like found shocking. I went to uh, Days of '76 Rodeo down in Deadwood, South Dakota. Uh, kind of my first rodeo of the summer, so to speak. And I didn't realize those guys only got one shot, one opportunity. You know, I had a buddy down there uh, steer wrestling, and you know, he didn't get get it down or didn't have a qualifying score, and that was it. And that just says a lot to like that lifestyle, how extreme it is, on top of the danger. Yep. 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 You don't, you don't get a time or a score. You move on to the next one and you don't get a paycheck. So that's you go drive 12 hours and then I'm eight hours and gas. And it's just, it's a lot. I'm fairly convinced that I'm not even the same species as people that rodeo. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like, Oh, I got gored by a bull. And I'm like, yeah, this hangnail's pretty bad though. <laughs> Yeah, that paper cut paper cuts a bitch. It? <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's just like I'm such a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, there was. Yeah, uh, no, no, it's it's definitely a different breed of people for sure. You know, a lot of a lot of rodeo people come from ranching or farming backgrounds and and things along that line. So, you know, they work hard and they play hard, and that's kind of the kind of the way I've always been. So. Yeah, I, I was uh, the last day of Country Fest there. Uh, things got away from me a little bit, and I uh, slept on the floor of the camper, and it was like woke up in the morning just like, oh, my God. And then you're like, hey, just stopping by to say hi. And I was like, what? Uh, I'm dead. <laughs> it was like, yeah. And then, and then can I borrow a broom? Because I had to sweep up ours. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but that's uh, – talking with you at country fest and i for some reason i was talking about gary Busey, <laughs> and you were like i worked on a movie set with him and i was just like what, what did you do on movie sets and what what movies did you work on um well that particular one was a movie called surviving the game um i got uh, i got the pleasure of being a grip on that movie uh it was filmed up in wenatchee washington with gary Busey, f marie abrams um John C. McGinley, um, quite a few known actors. And, and uh, basically it was about uh, a bunch of very wealthy individuals hunting iced tea out in the wilderness. So kind of a gory movie, <laughs> but uh, I got, uh, I got the opportunity to work on that film and, and uh, got to meet, you know, obviously the cast and work with them for about three months. And, 
And uh, Gary's definitely an interesting individual. <laughs> so, so he's as weird as he comes off as. Yeah, yeah, he's a very nice guy, but yeah, he's he's definitely after his motorcycle accident. He's definitely got a got a couple of screws loose. Of course, you know I can associate with that with having multiple concussions myself from riding bulls, but but I don't think I'm quite as off the rocker as he is at this point. An <laughs> apple and an orange, short of a fruit basket. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so yeah, he's a nice guy. I mean, Ice T, all of them. They were really, really nice people. Um, uh, I was actually in boot camp when they filmed Top Gun, uh, and I was an extra in that movie. Um, they filmed um, Hunt for Red October in in Long Beach. I was an extra in that movie, um, and then uh, the Postman was with uh, um, Kevin Costner. Was filmed out here in Arizona. Shortly after I moved here, I was an extra in that. So, uh, you know, just mostly extra stuff. But uh, the the Surviving the Game movie was a little bit different. I actually got to be on set every day or had to be on set every day, all day. And, uh, you know, so that was. And you said you were you were a grip or. Yeah. So what does yeah. that mean? So basically a grip. Um, so the elect, uh, you know, the the electricians run kind of stuff a grip sets up different shades and things along that line for lighting shaping lighting and uh, doing dolly tracks for camera dollies and things along that line so it's a lot of a lot of hurry up get set up and then wait for them to shoot the scene five six eight ten twelve times and then move stuff around and and do it all over again so um uh, it was some interesting sets up there because it was up in the up in the wilderness up in uh the forest outside of wenatchee some of it was filmed in wenatchee washington um, but yeah, it was definitely an experience. Uh, a friend of mine was a key grip on the movie and, and he hired me to go up and, and work with him. So, um, I had some free time and it was shortly after I got out of the service. So, um, an experience that I hadn't had before. So I went, went ahead and went and did it and it was a lot of fun. Um, Being in a forest with Gary Busey sounds <laughs> remarkably like the plot of a horror movie. <laughs> Well, and, and then, you know, I mean, the movie's about a hunt, hunting a human. So, you know, that, that even kind of just adds to that a little bit more, but. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you said it was yeah. like a, a B movie or whatever. Yeah, it was, it was a, a new line cinemas movie, uh, lower budget. I mean, it was filmed quite a few years ago. So, but with the, uh, the amount of like the cast that they had in that movie and what they went on to do is pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gary Busey, F. Murray Abrams was in it. He he'd won a uh, an award for Amadeus. He was the lead actor in Amadeus, but he had already done that prior to this movie. Um, John C. McGinley, he's been in a ton of stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, there was there was the cast was actually it was cast pretty well. Oh, and uh, Rudger Hauer, uh, he was in the movie as well. He was one of the main characters, and um, he was really nice man just an awesome guy so uh, you know i really couldn't complain about any of them but yeah gary gary definitely they had to switch the shooting schedule around him just to get uh you know all of his scenes done and and get him off the off the set because he was yeah, yeah get out of here gary <laughs> <laughs> well he'd just wander off in the woods and, yeah. <laughs> Uh, be like, where'd Gary go? He's not in his trailer. You know, he took the quad and went off for a ride, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so. 
Uh, what, liability. What do you think about the new Top Gun coming out? What are your expectations, or do you think they're reaching coming out with a sequel? I don't think that they're reaching. I mean, they, they uh, from my understanding and from you know just the trailers and stuff that I've seen, I think they they're doing a good job with it. But uh, you know, I I think they probably should have done it a little bit earlier while Tom Cruise was still a little bit younger, where it was a little bit more believable that he was still a fighter pilot. But um, you know. Well, he's in the Church of Scientology, so I'm pretty sure he's aging backwards. Like, like yeah. Benjamin Button. Yeah. Yeah, Benjamin Button. That's funny. I've also heard yeah. that Tom Cruise is so, a huge asshole. Know, I've, I've heard the same. I haven't, I mean, I, I met him briefly, you know, when I was on that movie, but, you know, all of us got to meet him, but, you know, we didn't get to spend any time with him. So Were you, you know, just staring at his teeth the whole time? <laughs> No, more Kelly McGillis at that point. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was 18 years old, still in boot camp, going into the Navy and, you know, hormones raging and everything else. So <laughs> Kelly McGillis was kind of hot back then. <laughs> I think she's still hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, of course, when I was a kid, one of my crushes was uh, Meg Ryan. And, of course, she was Goose's wife. So, you know. I didn't really pay too much attention to those two. It was more <laughs> Meg Ryan and Kelly McGillis. So, fair enough. So you you were you joined the military at when you were eighteen, and then you did your rodeo career after that. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. Well, I did a little bit of rodeo before okay. um, uh, in a high school and that kind of stuff, and then um, joined the military. And uh, Actually, I joined, I left for boot camp two weeks after I graduated high school. I'd actually went in on, on the delayed entry program. I'm fourth generation Navy, so uh, my my fate was kind of set in stone. <laughs> Growing up as a kid, it was all Navy, Navy, Navy. Um, had aunts and, or had uncles that were in the Army and that kind of stuff, but my direct family, father, grandfather, great-grandfather was all Navy guys. So um, so was my uncle, my uncle Ted that still lives up in Idaho. But uh, so, you know, that was just kind of a, course for me to go um instead of college i went uh, i joined in between my junior and senior year on delayed entry program and then left uh left for boot camp two weeks after graduation from high school so and then you would do the uh like work with these movies when you were active no well i mean or? they were filming top gun when i was in boot camp in san diego they oh, filmed okay. a lot of and so that's how I got into that gotcha. particular thing they they asked for you know volunteers and and uh extras just people in the background basically um uh, no speaking parts or anything like that they didn't want me talking anyway but you know <laughs> it is what it is uh but uh so yeah that that's how that started and then the hunt for red october they were doing the same thing they were filming that on the naval base down in down in uh, long beach california and uh, they were asking for extras so I, I volunteered for that but uh surviving the game was a little bit different because i actually had a friend that was contracted as the key grip on the movie and he was looking for people to go up and work with him. So, um, you know, he hired me to go up there and work for three months and, and work on the film. So that one was a little bit different, but uh, a little bit different of an experience too, because you, you see all the ins and outs that go into making the movie. Unlike, Oh, we need you for a day and you got to stand over here and walk this way. You know, you don't really see all that goes into, you know, the production of the movie and set up and tear down and all the other stuff that goes in, um, goes into it and then all the editing and everything else afterwards. But uh, yeah, very, very interesting experience to actually be able to 
you know, have had the opportunity to work on a film. So yeah, I just think it's so it. interesting. You know, you did military service, uh, working on these, you know, or meeting these people, being around these films. You go on to have a, a rodeo career. Uh, now you're just, you know, partying at music festivals every other day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not every other day, but <laughs> and didn't didn't you go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah. Wh- yeah. Which I, one was that? The the one we won, the one the Kansas City Chiefs won against the Niners. So not last year, year before. Um, close friend of mine here in in uh, Tucson is a Tucson police uh, police officer, and he's uh, he's more family than friend. And he's from Kansas City, and he knows how big of a Kansas City Chiefs fan I am. And I have been since I was a kid. You know, growing up in Idaho, we didn't have a pro team. So um, I picked Kansas City Chiefs when I was young and uh, have rooted for them ever since. And we hadn't been to the Super Bowl in 50 years. And we won the won the uh, AFC championship, and he went home and bought me a package to go to the Super Bowl in Miami. And uh, I was pretty blown away for – you know, somebody to do that. Cause that's, that's a lot of money. And, uh, and uh, so, yeah. And he didn't even, you know, obviously it was a little expensive. He wanted me to go and experience it. He didn't go with me. So I went by myself, but as you, as you guys found out, I make friends pretty easily. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great experience. So he sent me out there, sent me out there uh, with tickets to the game and a pregame party. And then I uh, went to the Gronk beach party the day before and, <laughs> the NFL experience and all that kind of stuff. So it was quite a weekend. And then I had to fly back to uh, Tucson and then to California for, for work. I had to be in California on Monday morning. So you're um, not that busy. (laughs) No, (laughs) you know, I, I, and that was right before COVID hit too. And I, you know, I was like, uh, am I going to make it? Cause (laughs) I, you know, I partied for a whole weekend and then, and then had to get to California and, and, uh, I was hurting for a few days after that one for sure. So yeah, I de- after country fest, I definitely didn't go to work the next Monday. So <laughs> I drove down to Denver. So that was cool. I was exhausted. Once again, I'm a different species than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we actually Sunday after the music festival, we went down to the winery south of the, south of you guys there had a really nice prime rib dinner and then went back to the hotel and then went out that night, met up with a couple of the people from the festival and hung out and partied a little bit more that night. And then uh, we didn't fly out until late the next night. So we went down to that down in Bismarck, that uh, uh, Irish pub that you guys have down there that we fell in love with. Oh, the Blarney stone. <laughs> yep. The Blarney stone. Yeah. We, yeah. Boy, we had, a, had a heck of a time there. Did you do breakfast but shots? Uh, well, it was more lunch, lunch and dinner shots, but yeah. But did you do like the, uh, it, you drop it into orange juice shot. It's like a specialty there. It's what is what no, it's, it's always... Jameson butterscotch schnapps and orange juice. And then they put a piece of sausage on the, then you drop your shot into the orange. It juice. tastes it's, like pancakes. Oh, it's, it's delicious. delicious. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. We just went straight to the Jameson rocks and, and, uh, Irish beer. So you know, those, those, uh, funny shots like that. <laughs> I'll just go straight Jameson. It's easier. Fair enough. I respect the play. Uh, yeah. You DJ do and crystal quite the trio. You guys are getting <laughs> after it. When we walked up and introduced ourselves, we all had drinks in our hands. So I knew from the get go, we are going to be good friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're at a festival, you know, 
went in Rome, right? Yeah, I, I enjoyed the, uh, what do you guys call it? Like nightcap or shots at the end yep. of the night or nightcap? Yep. Yeah, nightcap. All, every night after DJ Dew was done with his set, we'd walk over uh, to the ice house with John Paul and the crew and we'd all take, you know, have another drink and a shot at the end of the night. It was awesome. We had a, we had a blast. I think I slept for like 12 hours total in that like four days. So that was cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, when you, when you get the opportunity because memories don't come along very often, so you got to take advantage of them. You know, I'm, I've always been a firm believer, live your life and cause you don't know if you're going to wake up tomorrow. So that's why I do a lot of these and I enjoy, enjoy doing what I do. So you said you know, you're uh, headed out this weekend. Are you going to another uh, music festival? Uh, no, no, I'm going to NASCAR this weekend. Ooh, where are you headed? Uh, the, the championship race up in Phoenix. Oh. So, who's yeah. your who's your NASCAR driver that you like? Uh, used to be Robbie Gordon when he was still running. Uh, I met met him quite a few years ago, and I'd talk about having some party weekends. Anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, now, so. Uh, now, obviously, he doesn't he doesn't run NASCAR anymore. So I've, I'm leaning towards Martin Truex Jr. I'd like to see you know him him win a championship and and uh, you know well down to earth guy. I kind of planted a- my flag on uh, Kyle Busch early, and then I realized that he's like hated by everyone. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's just like, I'm like, yeah, I guess I like Kyle Busch, but that was just like looking at race results. I'm like, yeah, Kyle Busch is pretty good. I'm going to like Kyle Busch. And it's like years later, I come to find out that he's just unanimously hated by everyone that likes NASCAR. Yeah. He's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) The Tom Cruise of NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah. He's an asshole. So yeah. And now there's, uh, you know, the kids like him because he drives the M&M's car, but you know, but he's a hell of a race car driver. I mean, he's a good wheel man, but uh, well, yeah, he's an asshole. <laughs> using candy to get people into vehicles is yeah, not yeah, exactly. great. I'm sure, I'm sure he probably owns a creepy van or two. <laughs> there are no windows on this van. <laughs> yeah, NASCAR is awesome. I don't watch it too much, but we do. We have collected some. Uh, we have like some jackets that are kind of vintage, mm-hmm. like a Kendrick's Motorsports. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt's got a pretty sweet. Dale Earnhardt Mug Junior. Yep. Dale is it Junior? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean NASCAR is awesome. Another extreme sport. Uh, just yep. to add to our awesome conversation about John Paul, <laughs> got a military vet. He's you know going to country music festivals all the time. Uh, this guy does it all. We had you on because it's the Veterans Day uh, episode, so to speak. It'll come out uh, the week of Veterans Day. So first of all, I just want to say thank you. For your service, as always, uh, just a little fact about me. Both my parents did 20-plus years in uh, the Army, and my brother's currently uh, in the Army at about year 10, also my sister-in-law. So shout-out to all of them. Thank you to their service. Thank you to everybody listening uh, for their service. We really appreciate it. On behalf of Matt and myself, uh, we just want to give all military members, uh, you know, past and present, current, active, whatever it may be, just want to say thank you and uh, it allows us to do podcasts and go to country festivals every other weekend and sleep on the floor and sleep on the floor in the campers. So, yes. <laughs> so yeah, we just really well, I appreciate I it. I definitely got my, got my experience of sleeping on floors and 
the ground and everything else in the eight years that I served. So, um, you know, I, I'm proud to be a vet. Uh, I do it all again in a heartbeat. Um, probably stay for 20 this time. I kind of regret not uh, sticking it out for another 12 years, but uh, you know, that's, that's not here nor there. That's in the past now. So I can't, can't really look back on that, but uh, you know, I got to see a lot of the world and, and, uh, and really learn to appreciate what we have here. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand how good we actually have it until you see some of the other parts of the, of this world that, uh, you know, third world countries and things along that line. And, and, uh, you know, and, and without, without the military and without me, uh, doing eight years, uh, service, I would have probably never seen that. And, uh, so it's, uh, you know, a big appreciation for me to be able to, to serve my country and, and, uh, carry on the tradition in my family as well. Um, you know, to, uh, you know, be able to, have the opportunity to do that for my country. And uh, like I said, I'd do it again in a heartbeat, and, you know, to all the other veterans out there and, and active duty, you know, uh, thank you again for your service as well. Cause you know, it takes, takes a village, you know, it takes a bunch of people. Uh, you know, the United States is one of the only countries that's a hundred percent volunteer. Um, you know, we, uh, we volunteer to put our lives on the line to preserve our way of life and, and be able to do the things that we like to do and, and, uh, you know, live our lives out the way we, we, we see fit. And uh, without the military, we wouldn't be able to do that. So I'm uh, very proud to have served and, and uh, you know, very proud of all of our, all of my fellow service service members that are have served or are continuing to serve. So. Well, very well said, John Paul. Uh, and we are honored to have you on the podcast. Uh, before we let you go, uh, before we got started, I accidentally said Marine stories instead of uh, Navy, and you said you had plenty of Marine stories because you weren't in the <laughs> Marines. Uh, do you have one story off the top of your head or some something you could share with us, uh, just a little military-related, something funny maybe, perhaps? Oh, well, God. Um, there's <laughs> quite a few funny ones. That, you know, I mean, when you're in the service, you get, you know, there's a lot of times you have downtime or, you know, you pull into – different ports where you get some, some free time to go out and, and have some fun, blow off some steam. You know, you're out to sea for three, four, six, eight, 12 weeks, sometimes months on end without seeing land. And, uh, you know, that when you, when you come into port, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, sometimes it's a little bit of a free for all. We were up actually up in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia for uh, fleet week. And, uh, some of my shipmates and I, we all went out and tore it up a little bit too much one night. And, uh, one of the, uh, one of my fellow service members, he's enlisted, came back with, uh, the officer an officer's uniform on and the officer came back with a enlisted uniform on. And I won't go into details of how that happened, but, uh, the captain happened to be standing on the, on the quarter deck when they walked back on board. So needless to say, there was a little bit of a, ass chewing that went on but uh but yeah without you know other other militaries they allow you to drink on their ships um they actually have bars and we found that uh, very interesting and and probably took advantage of it a little bit too much uh, but you know this was back back in the 80s where things were a little bit a little bit more lax than what they are now so they did they didn't get in too much trouble but it was quite entertaining watching the captain um standing there watching these two walk back on the ship, knowing that one of them was one of his uh, top ranking officers and uh, he was wearing the enlisted gentleman's uniform. Um, so he was a 
rather taken back. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of different stories like that throughout the years. Um, New Orleans, uh, I was actually down there for another, another Navy event that, that we did down there, pulled into that port. And uh, one of the guys that I was stationed with found out that uh, there are trans people and uh, he thought she was a girl and turns out she was not. And uh, so he was a, he was a little surprised when he got back. And of course we teased him about that for a really long time. Forever. Uh, still do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still do. <laughs> uh, and you know, the, the old, uh, uh, what was that actor that reached over and grabbed a check? <laughs> the Australian crocodile Dundee <laughs> and used to tell him, you know, you'd need to check a little bit closer next time. So, but yeah, I mean, just a lot of times the military is pretty stressful and need to blow off some steam. So there's, I could go on for hours about different stories that, you know, involving me. I mean, I fell asleep on the flight deck and got severely sunburnt. Um, we were down in the South, uh, South Atlantic and, uh, down around Bermuda, Puerto Rico area. And, and, uh, got severely sunburnt and actually got brought up on charges because uh, I couldn't work for quite a few days because I had blisters literally from head to toe on my back. And wow. yeah, just silly stuff you do. Try to take your downtime and, and enjoy yourself. But uh, you know, sometimes it goes overboard. We're only Marines humans. Yeah. I'm, I'm a firm, yeah. firm believer in shit happens. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marines, Marines and Navy, uh, obviously a much stronger, um, Rivalry back in the day, um, you know, kind of everybody gets along a lot more now. Uh, back in the day, Marines didn't like Navy. Navy didn't like Marines. So, you know, there might have been a few times of, you know, clearing out a bar, a bar fight or something along that line. But uh, I've always wondered, so Navy has a football team, Army has a football team, Air Force has a football team. But could you imagine how much a Coast Guard football team would suck? <laughs> <laughs> Coast Guard, Air Force, you know, I mean, we call it the Chair Force. <laughs> I got a, I got a lot of friends. In fact, DJ Do, he's an Air Force vet. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I tease him about it all the time. I'm like, yeah, you guys uh, sit in a chair and watch the planes fly around. And But, uh, you know, to be honest with you, um, through what I've experienced in the, in the service, we couldn't do it without all, all the branches, whether it be Coast Guard, Air Force, Marines, Navy, Army. Um, so in, at the end of the day, you know, it's one collective force. But uh, when we're out and about and, uh, you know, having a few cocktails, that's a whole other story. So we, 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 we give each other quite a, quite a hard time quite often. So <laughs> Just kind of like Matt and I, we don't really like each other, but the one collective force is we're here for the podcast. So... You know, we clear out bars. Sometimes we get into a tussle, just like military members. That's well, a terrible comparison, <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm curious, out of, the, out of the two of you, which one wins? <laughs> uh, I wrestled in high school, but if it goes a fist fight, I'd probably have to give it to Jordan. I don't know. I'm severely <laughs> out of shape, so. I mean, if we did today. I think we'd both lose. Yeah, I think I, <laughs> a, both hamstrings just blown immediately. <laughs> <laughs> separate both shoulders while missing on punches. Uh, I yeah, and then, 
and then just say that's it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Both threw up on each other. Well, John Paul, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun and we once again thank you for joining No Brains, No Headache Podcast as our honorary guest. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on here and, and uh, looking forward to seeing you uh, coming up this next year for the music festival back out there again where we've been invited back. Why, I don't know, but uh, yeah, <laughs> looking forward for to us. seeing you guys again. <laughs> looking forward to seeing you guys again and hanging out. And uh, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to be a part of your show. Thanks, John Paul. You know, smoke a little grass or drink a little ripple, crow like a rooster, maybe challenge the mayor's son to a gentleman's duel as uncouth against God. Welcome back to the Dugout Studio, boys. Here with Matt and here with Alec. It's No Brains, No Headache podcast. We got Cleary's comments on the docket today. Haven't seen Alec in like what feels like two months. It's been maybe ten days uh, you were down in the old Nashville, so we kind of did our recording around that and haven't heard from you since. You're here, you're alive, you look well, you survived Nashville. How was the Nash? I'm surprised I even made it back. Did you see all those flight cancellations, American Airlines? Yeah. Or you're did fl- you fly American? On the way there, yes. And On then, the way back, did you go sun country and sit next to a homeless person? No, but I wish, because your guys' sun country experience... Actually, it wasn't that bad. The seats were rather oh, uncomfortable. Shit. My ass no. was having a blood clot. It felt <laughs> like. <laughs> and that person's not homeless during the flight, Matt. The flight is their home for the three hours. I don't know. So the, don't the worst so flight experience, like, you, like 10 times out of 10, I sit next to a person that weighs over three bills. Oh, but yeah. the one time I didn't, I sat next to an Asian dude that used a towel, like a bathroom towel as a blanket. Wow. Wow. And it wasn't like the towel was, like, fresh. It was dirty as shit and smelt like absolute dog's asshole. Maybe he wanted to wash it when he got to his Airbnb. I I do have a little bit of uh, empathy, maybe would be the word to use, uh, towards people who do have, like, like, children on. Just poor people, just, like, not poor in financial-wise, but poor, like, they just had to travel and they have this goddamn kid who just, won't stop crying it's just like ah, poor kid hey they they have first class they should have like children class where there's like a barrier they're just down with the luggage changing it. <laughs> yeah it's time just, i was on a plane and this uh, this mom behind me was changing her kid's dirty diaper it's oh like, my yeah they, they have Don't spots for that in the back stunk yeah you know what Go back, they go to change the women's diaper, they take the kid, and they open the airlock and just push the lady out. <laughs> just like, yeah, <laughs> you're out yeah, of here. Yeah, you're not fit to be a parent. You know, get the fuck out of here. You're not going <laughs> to. Yeah, can you uh, please put up your, uh, what is it, the tray table? Can you please put up your tray table? No, I'm trying to change my daughter's diaper. You know what? Uh, we have a special gift for you. In Pilot the back. Like in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just open the door and just, ah! dead. <laughs> The airline version of the train station. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Alec, I have a question about yes. Nashville. I like to do this with each trip. What was the best and the worst part about it? So give, give me the best. The absolute best part of my trip? Um, hands down, we went to uh, the Bluebird Cafe. It's from a TV show called Nashville. Oh, I've, yeah. I've never heard of it. 
I, 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 I've heard of the, it has Hayden Panettiere in it. Okay. Nice uh, name drop. Kudos. Yeah. I don't know. It was like a little hole in the wall, though, and that was the coolest bar I've been to ever. I love bars that have the name Cafe in it. What was the vibe? Give us the rundown of the vibe. My vibe or everybody else's vibe? The, the bar's vibe. Well, it's, I'll tell you the whole little backstory on it. I had no idea that you're supposed to be completely silent in this bar. And there's a live band playing. They're playing the blues. And I'm the guy gets done with his first song that I walk into. And he goes, all right, nobody say anything. Don't clap or anything in a sarcastic voice. And I was like, Whoa! I just stood up and I started cheering. And then we're walking out and I see buttons that they're selling that says that they just say shh on them. And I kind of realized that it was supposed to be a quiet bar. You're not supposed to yell and scream at the band. But why why quiet? Yeah. As as someone that's got kicked out of a hotel bar for booing the band, I, I can resonate with that. Oh yeah, that's another story. Probably the this will be your guys' favorite part of the trip. The first fucking bar I get to there, I got kicked out. <laughs> I wasn't even. One. I wasn't even drinking yet. That's true. So how'd you get kicked out? I I've been He's kicked out of I've been kicked out of bar twice, and one of them was Stone Cold Sober. I still was like understanding Nashville, and it's like every single bar is named after some rocker or some or an country old singer. Was it the Kid Rock bar? I went to the Kid Rock bar, and I was on the rooftop. And they were overpriced, fucking lame, stupid drinks. And I waited 20 minutes. Finally, the lady's like, what do you want? And I was like, I'll get, uh, I couldn't think of anything. So I was like, two whiskey diets. She's like, okay. And then she gives them to me and I set them aside. And she goes, it's $25 a piece, $50, please. Yeah, that's Nash for you. Oh, my God. My jaw dropped, but I was like, okay. It's Coming from somebody who's never been there. Yeah, yeah I'm on vacation, whatever. So I <laughs> hand her my card put my drinks aside and I'm looking up at the bar and I'm like looking at the top shelf bottles and watching the TV, whatever, waiting for my shit back. I sign my stuff and I turn my right to where my drinks are and they're gone. And I'm like, I got you. Oh no, this kid was like my age. I turn around and he's holding them. He's talking to his friends and I was like, ah, Hey man, I just paid $50 for those drinks. (laughs) And we got a little confrontational back and forth and I have a loud voice, so I was the one that was targeted by some fucking bartender who was working to be a bouncer, and he was wearing a uh, police shirt. You you gotta work your way up the service industry ladder. If anything, that's a demotion. Don't you want to become a bartender, because that's where you get the tips? Well, I think he... Because he... Unless you're like Randy in Trailer Park Boys when he's working to become a police officer. Well, he was the bouncer upstairs in the middle of the crowd. And he's wearing a shirt that says Nashville Police on the side. That's That just seems like the guy's trying way too hard. Exactly. So I lo- he looks at me and he's like, say one more thing to him, you're out of here. And I just I looked at the kid that had my drinks and I just slapped both drinks out of his hand and I'm like, fuck you. Yes. And nice. the you know, good guy grabs me by my neck and starts pulling me out and I just went limp. I'm like, if you're kicking me out, I'm well, getting yeah, drug you, out. You have to go boneless. Yeah. Boneless. Championship. I love it. Uh, That's awesome, Alec. I called him a rent-a-cop as he was drinking. <laughs> oh, that right, pissed so, him so off. So Alec is more. just like climbing the ladder of NBNH. Um... <laughs> We've actually talked about the Kid Rock bar before because when we interviewed a cop 
um, a former cop who's now a comedian, Todd McComas. And I was like, it came out this news article that a guy was using his colostomy bag as a weapon. Do you know what a colostomy bag is? Yeah, I used oh. to work at the hospital. Oh, that's right. Hey, well, after after the old shoe in debacle <laughs> last week, so this guy was using it as a weapon, and like we asked Todd what he would do, and he was like, "Shoot him!" And like I, he's like, "I'm just kidding," but uh, yeah, I don't know. But did you see any colostomy bags at the Kid Rock Bar? I, I did not. What I. Um hate that bar and i'm never going back that yeah, should be I've on the boycott list because fuck that you know bar. you know what add it add it God. i'm fine kid I, rock bar boycott list boom. alex first I'm one you popped your cherry nice There's a lot cooler bars there it's well, a really fun time yeah next time we go on the paid nbnh uh trip to nashville we gotta avoid the bar that bar specifically but how yeah. was the hockey game oh my god I don't know if you guys watched the game at all, but honestly, it was we did. I was show. told it was going to be on, and it wasn't. Yeah, I was I guess it's a, we have a different story about Jordan and I's weekend. Yeah, oh, that, <laughs> that hockey game. I don't. I think I maybe watched five minutes of the whole game. I was just turned around talking to everybody, and there's just so many people there. There's so many, and it was all UND fans. The whole thing was just painted green. It was kind of neat. But the, the highlight of the whole trip was Halloween. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of neat. Did I, did everybody not dress up in North Dakota too? Because nobody I did, was. I did up. an outfit change halfway through the evening. I yeah, did two I, costumes. I literally just wore jorts and then those flip up sunglasses. Those are gone forever. I have no idea where they are. Dang it! Matt was Gator. Yeah, uh, unofficially Gator. So Jordan and I's night. We start out at McKeon's house. Shout out McKeon. That was actually a pretty dope party. Yeah, besides nachos, corn dogs. Shout out McKeon decorations. for always having fun parties at his house. Yeah. Uh, he had like, uh, I was going to say toilet paper, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> tin foil out and he just had like nachos was laid he making out. margaritas too and stuff? No, he had, a, what was it called? He had ju- basically jungle juice, which ultimately was the mistake of the night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like Jordan and I just being degenerates, oh probably my. got a grocery bag full of like whatever beers we had in the podcast fridge that were left over Shout and like drank, drank all of those. And then Jordan dipped into the jungle juice. And then we basically got separated. We were probably 10 feet away from each other. I called Matt. He had. I said, "Where are you?" He said, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> it was at that time I decided I'm going home for the night. <laughs> yeah, I, I woke up. Shout out, and I uh, slept at my sister's house. Like I was walking home, and I was wearing jorts, and my legs were so cold. And I was like, "Wait, Anne lives here." And I like called her. She didn't answer. Called her again. She answered. I'm like, "Can I stay at your house? <laughs> What's the code?" And she's like. It's dad's birthday. You know that. <laughs> I was like, damn it. And so, yeah, I woke up next morning wildly confused and got a lift. And the lift driver was about as you can expect getting a lift at 8 a.m. on a Saturday or Sunday, Sunday. morning. Nice. And we, then we did the interview. But, yeah, it was a good time, I guess. And then uh, since then, also deer opener, ND rifle season, deer opener. It's basically a holiday, except there is... There is a disease sweeping the state that, honestly, a lot of deer hunters have it, but that's not here nor there. I went deer hunting. It's the time of the year where I like to unplug for like two days, you know, kind of put the phone down. And by that, I mean only text Matt back like every three hours. Also, it's great just to chase some wild animals. 
and have some drinks. I saw a shitload of deer. I also saw a few coyotes, one of which I shot at. And it was the biggest prayer of a shot I've ever seen. It was running away from me. Something out of, like, American Sniper. He's like, he's four miles away. And you're like, I can curve the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good time to have a plumbing truck with a turret in the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mark one plumbing just jives over you. Yeah. Well, needless to say, uh, I missed. It was running away from me at full speed and... I am not Chris Kyle, but uh, he was a great American hero. Thanks to all the veterans. Um, I also saw a guy dragging a dead cow behind his truck. Did he a, poach a cow like I told like you a to? Rope. No. <laughs> we were like glassing the area with our binoculars, and all of a sudden, in the distance, we just see um, just a normal truck with a tow rope. You know, connected to a cow, a dead cow. Just towing it. Yeah. Like, do you not have a tractor? Are you are you a rancher and or farmer? Why do you not have a tractor for something like this? And yeah, just you didn't have a trailer or anything. No, just pulled it like basically on like the edge of some brush in a field, and then left it there. And we saw the whole thing with our binoculars. Like, we were like, what the fuck is going on? You need to call the humane society. Call that lady back. Yeah, I, I ref- officially retired from shooting guns after I almost killed our Denver correspondent, Andy, while shooting clays one time. Just following <laughs> a clay, and then just, poof, and he's like, I'm it! I'm it! <laughs> and, and it just went off, like, right by his ear, and I was like, uh, yeah. Here. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you can have that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was some real hillbilly North Dakota shit. Um, don't see it too often, but... Uh, I also spent some quality time with my uh, rather old grandma. She's getting her 90s. We you know, had some supper. We also did the dishes together. So, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. You got to do yeah. the dishes with grandma every once in a while. You know, keep you, you know, a good head on your shoulders when you hang out with grandma. Some bonding time over dishes. And then also I have a tradition uh, where I grab, because I don't get the newspaper. Nobody really does. It's a real uh, house, a real farmhouse, rural farmhouse. And so they get the paper, so I grab the crossword puzzle. <laughs> Basically, just so I can do the crossword puzzle, take all weekend and not finish it. Nice. Like, there's just some words that you will never get in a uh, crossword puzzle. One that's great is ew, uh, E-W-E. Is what like a female sheep is called or something. It's in every oh, single one. I'll keep that noted for next the, weekend if I go deer hunting or next year when I go deer hunting. I got drug out of a bar and did a crossword puzzle. <laughs> well, I also like to play Yahtzee. Uh, uh, I rolled three Yahtzees in one game. So really? I, I don't mean to brag, but I'm basically the best Yahtzee player. That's like on one of the odds Earth. Of which is pretty much the same exact thing as saying I'm not good at a lot of things. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> can can I get into me seeing a homeless guy? So yeah, the yeah, weekly this, homeless. This, yeah, we we talked guy. about a homeless guy last time we were together, which seems like a decade. Did he get his lighter? No, not it was a, a different. Lighter? It was you, a different. You said homeless you were gonna. Guy. I did buy him a lighter, but I haven't seen him. It's in my car. And it does not work. Should buy him a pair of shoes. You bought him a broken lighter. <laughs> no, I just grabbed a lighter that was in the house. And All right, was... homeless man two Okay, so one of my coworkers comes in. She's like, "There's a homeless guy that's sitting in front of the door," and I'm like, "Oh, is this the Snapchat that you sent?" Yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. And they go out. And so we have a door that goes into two businesses. And it's not a, it's not like a double door. He's just sitting in. It's got a little entryway in there. Yeah, front. she's just sitting in there. And he's fast asleep. <laughs> what time is this? Two. In the afternoon, the, the sun is hot. Yeah, because I I was like texting Jordan about it, and I was like, he is wasted. And he's like, it's five o'clock somewhere. I'm like, this guy's like dead. <laughs> oh yeah, you sent the snap, didn't you? No, Matt, I I sent it, about it, and then like I was texting Jordan separately about okay. it, and so like yeah, the social services there was like two ladies there, and they were like poking him and like kicking his leg, and he just wouldn't wake up. Cops come. And I start to like listen to the conversation. I can't hear it very well. And the cops like, "You need to move. There's businesses going on there." And the guy had the best excuse I've ever heard of all time. <laughs> he says, "How is that my problem?" It's <laughs> like I don't know if I can like get that. Like that's such a good excuse. Like, that is not his problem. I mean, it's like the, he's on a sidewalk like no, it's i don't think that is his problem yeah, how's that my problem just, just like public property and like they finally get him up and they just put him in a van and drive away and i was like it's the american dream <laughs> to block a door by being Where did they passed take out him? uh just the social services people probably took him turned the corner you, you hear should, you hear a so gunshot they push the body out the window and they actually <laughs> called that guy who was they call that guy who's dragging his cow, and he just drug him up. To the <laughs> yeah, <bench>. yeah. <laughs> yeah the cow went up to center North Dakota, and they're like, "Yeah, hey, you got a rope and a, a truck. ATV, and we'll just uh, <laughs> it just tie it around to like his whole his like torso, and just all right, good to go. Just a tow truck, and there's a homeless guy attached to the back. Of it. <laughs> I think we're fixing the homeless problem. In the area, or so, yeah, we're not helping it, but we're not hurting it. That's we're for not sure. hurting it, and that's yeah. what counts. Any other homeless updates, or can you let us know when you give the lighter to homeless guy number one? Yes, I'm actually gonna go buy a lighter that works. You should buy him a lighter kit and give him something to do, like Let's how to build, to like a shoe build your own lighter. Give, give him a flint and steel, so he's just sitting out there with a, <laughs> with a cigarette on, <laughs> with a cigarette on the pavement, just. <laughs> That's so bad. What is this survivor? <laughs> he has like a one of those like bow saws that yeah. they used to make. He's just going back. I need to get an ember to get my cigarette. And he's just sweating. How is that my problem? <laughs> yeah. How is that my problem? You know what? I'm gonna use that every time I like hit. Like even if it is my fault, how is that my problem? <laughs> like walking into the camper on Sunday of Country Fest. Matt, you're sleeping on the floor. How's that my problem? <laughs> or like Connor comes in first 20 seconds of Country Fest and he breaks five things. <laughs> Everything he touched broke. <laughs> he like couldn't open the door. Just snaps it and like breaks the window. I wonder if Kevin's listening to this. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guy we rent to the camper. <laughs> totally got him. All right. Keep us updated on the homeless man update. It's... It's quite I refreshing. I want to hear about that more often. <laughs> Very refreshing. Uh, close to hitting rock bottom, but not the Atlanta Braves. Just want to give a congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. They're on top of the world after winning uh, the World Series and, more importantly, beating the goddamn Astros. I think almost all of America, besides the Houston area, was rooting for uh, the Braves. 
I'd say Freddie Freeman deserves all the glory. I mean, the guy's like, you know, just the journeyman who's been with the organization since day one through the yep. shitty days. Yep. Yeah, Alec, you totally know what I'm talking about. No idea. <laughs> I don't even know what fucking sport we're talking about. My dad asked me, he's like, who's Alec's NFL team? I'm like, I don't know if Alec knows what NFL stands for. Yeah. Well, my picks last week, I woke up. And I I completely missed Monday. Or no, Thursday. I missed the Thursday game. So Friday morning I woke up and I got a text from the guy who runs it out of work. And he's like, you need to get your picks in today or you're going to screw you a week again. You're already in last. So I just woke up and drew a line down all the home teams. You blew it! That's your strategy is just the home team strategy? Hey, in a pinch, I've done worse. How about we take over your picks for you? I've tried. But, hey, the Braves were a good pick to win the World Series, and they did it. Listen to this. Um, on August 1st, they were 52-55, and 55, so three games under 500. They were five games behind in the division. Um, they had just a boatload of injuries. Ronald Acuna, one of the youngest and best players in baseball. I'm trying to I'm trying to educate you here, yeah, Alex. Alex st- yeah, stop agreeing yeah. with him. Like, no, like, like, uh, how do you wipe that smirk off your face? Yeah, no, you're just agreeing. Let's just be like, okay, that's good. That's good that's information. Very, very into it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they had so many moves at the trade deadline. Jorge Soler, uh, Jock Peterson. What do you think of Jock going to the Braves after he went to the Cubs? I wasn't too fond of it. Kind of played shitty. Now he went to the Braves and wins a fucking World Series. I'm also claiming a World Series for the Cubs this year since Jorge Soler, the MVP, and Jock Peterson played for him. Ipso facto. At one point in their career. (laughs) Ipso facto. The Cubs won the World Series. My coworkers do not agree. Well, I kind of had a little bit of a debate that I wanted to bring up because we may or may not be having someone joining us in the future uh, who was at one point on the Braves' major league roster this season. I don't know. Just stay tuned. You'll have to see. The question is, though, and this can apply to any sort of championship in any sport, but if you were on the roster at some point but not actually during the World Series or maybe the playoffs in Super Bowl or <laughs> hockey or Stanley Cup or whatever, but you receive a ring because, you know, say you had to spend a certain amount of time either on the team or within the organization, can you claim that you're a World Series champion? Absolutely. Or if you get Stanley a ra- Cup champion or a Super Bowl champion? It depends how high-strung you are. If you are... Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're getting a ring... If you get a ring... I think that's... I'll count it. I'm counting it. I mean, if I... Put, it, put yourself in the shoes. If you had a ring but didn't actually... Wit, like wasn't there during the World Series, you would call yourself a World Series champion, no? I would. You're part of the team. Every little microcosm and every little thing that happened during the long-ass baseball season. I mean, I could say this because I'm never going to be even remotely part of a major league franchise unless I get cancer and the Cubs like adopt me or something. <laughs> And re Rowan Gardner, but yeah, <laughs> but like, terminal, yeah it's, yeah, it's like this kid got hit in the head by a dump truck and they found out he has his brain's mostly a tumor, so uh, we're gonna add him to our 40 man roster. I like any opinion on the ring champion debate. I completely wasn't even listening, yeah, it's fine, great. Perfect. No we are a sports news podcast, and Alec typed for you. 
<laughs> in our rundown, and I have no fucking idea what that means. <laughs> Where did it go? I thought I was typing it. At you the typed it at the very top of it. Like <laughs> episode seventy-seven. <laughs> All right, Alec, you better figure it out. But Matt, <laughs> as you know, like we're in the dugout studio. It's here at your house. Uh, Matt is a homeowner. No big deal. So Matt, I know you're a real estate savant with your career and overall wisdom as a young man, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you probably used a realtor for your home buying experience. 100%. Exactly. That's because you're a smart man. If you want to be smart with your real estate transaction, give our guy Carter Berger at Realty One Group Encore a shout. Carter is a licensed real estate agent here in the Bismarck, Mandan, North Dakota surrounding area, and he is ready to help you with your buying or selling transaction, no matter the price or size. Maybe you're planning for the future and don't know where to start, and sometimes very important yet complex parts of our lives can be stressful, and that's why you call Carter Berger. He is a true professional to answer your questions and guide you through it. Call him at 701-595-2342. He is with Realty One Group Encore. Uh, We all here believe in Carter. He is from the area. He's ambitious as can be. And I wouldn't be surprised if he is one of the top real estate agents in the area in the very near future. Call or text him at 701-595-2342. These days, you know, land isn't cheap. And your home is where you raise your families, uh, lay your head down at night, or in our case, record your podcast so we wouldn't recommend just anyone to help you with an important life decision like buying or selling your home. So reach out to our our guy Carter. He is here to help. That's Carter Berger, Realty One Group Encore. Thank you for sponsoring No Brains, No Headache Podcast, easily the number one real estate agent recommendation podcast in the midwest i'd say at at the very least i got a recommendation carter if you're listening i think as a backup just in case i know it'll never happen possibly might happen but never will happen (laughs) i got a backup idea for you carter's burgers burger joint bismarck or anybody with the last name burger just open up a burger joint uh, people will probably just jump at the idea. But for now, for your real estate needs, give Carter Berger with Realty One Group Encore a call. Yes. Uh, he's our guy, flat yeah. out. He's a good guy. He's been to the studio before. So give him a call. He'll answer your questions. Uh, can't do it without the real estate agents. I mean, that's Real- plain and simple. Realty One is dope. Alec, why the hell did you put birds on the rundown? Oh, birds. So get this. I'm sitting drunk in Nashville. So get this. <laughs> Whips, chains, whistles, yo-yos. Corn <laughs> fed harvest mouse. This is a, a, this is, a You're going to laugh at this. I'm sitting in Nashville all wasted. I'm on top of a roof. There's music bumping. And I'm looking at all the skyscrapers because North Dakota only has one dumb skyscraper. And I'm amazed. And I see these birds flying in a formation V. They're going south. In the V, flying V. Yes. And I'm going... Hmm. All those birds were north up here. One bird had to decide and look at all the other birds and go, eh, fuck this place, we're going south. And get up and fly, and all the other birds followed it. 
I didn't know marijuana was legal in Kentucky. Yeah, do you want to take this one or you want me to? Uh, You, Matt, it's all you. (laughs) Okay, well, I don't know if you know this about climate, but uh, the farther south you go towards the equator... Yes, this is part of my point. It gets warmer, right? Yeah. Why do they get all the way down there where it's warm, and then they just pick up their shit and they come back? I don't... If I mean pick up their shit, fly away. I mean... Yeah, this, this isn't a bug's life where they have a traveling circus. Yeah, he's got circus. a backpack. Well, I mean, this isn't a bug's life. <laughs> All right, let's go. Hopper! <laughs> I'm serious. What bird is the first one to go south and then all the others follow? Of the leader bird. Well, how is he the leader bird? Who dedicates uh, him the leader bird? It's God's bird. You could, like, say that about, like, every human invention. Like, who is the first person that jacked off a cow and Whoa. got milk? <laughs> I'm talking about birds. They're going south. One of those birds picks up all the, the other the leader, birds. Man. It was they probably a t- pterodactyl. But then they get south, and then they go, let's go back north now. The leader, man. Honestly, that's, that's if, if I could about. fly, I would not be sitting in the studio with you guys right now. If I could fly. I also had this theory that if every human <laughs> jumped You can up, fly. It's called sun country. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a rickety old plane with a duct tape on the wing. It's a tin can. (laughs) But it's like, so they always say it's like you can adapt to shit. So what if every single human jumped off of like a 50-story building and flapped their arms? Would we adapt to flying or would we all die? I think a lot of people would die for a very long time. Every single, I feel like you could, yeah, if every single human did it, then there'd be none of us left because... And how do you how do you reproduce if, if you die dead. the first time you try? I mean, the same could be said of how humans are made. Like, just imagine like electricity. It's nuts. Speaking of tall buildings, I walked into you know the Bat Building, the AT and T building there. Okay. In Nashville, well, it's uh, if you Google Nashville Observation Deck, it's the only one that pops up right away. It's the first thing. Hey, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, pull up that video of a pelican ripping a baby giraffe apart. You're going to love this. Anyways, I go, <laughs> and I'm like, this is perfect. Let's go and check that out. So I bring my girlfriend. Romantic. Yep. Shout and out. And one other buddy humble, that was with Humble us. brag of having a girlfriend. We walk in, and it, there is nothing going on in the lobby of this nice building other than one security guard behind a desk talking to some random person asking questions it does look like batman yeah and i throw out the hey should we ask the security guard where the observation deck is and everybody's like i don't know like should we and i'm like no let's just get on the elevator and go to the top floor why not we're gonna get up there anyways why do i need to ask somebody so we get on the elevator we hit floor 27 get to the 27th floor it's completely under construction that is not an observation deck it's the highest the elevators went. I could tell I wasn't supposed to be there, but I took some pictures and whatnot, and then we went down. But I went down a different way because I didn't want to have to confront the security guard while I was on the 27th floor. There's another security guard on the exit. Right as I'm coming out of the elevator, he picks up his phone and walks outside and starts talking to what I'm assuming is his girlfriend because he answered and he's like, what's up, baby? <laughs> and he goes outside, and he's watching me and the other two inside. And I walk out, and I'm like, hey, excuse me, sir. 
is there an observation deck here? And he's like, no, that hasn't been here since the 70s, man. <laughs> I'm like, well, when you Google observation deck, he's like, man, I don't care. He's like, get out of here. He's just like yelling at me, like, get out of here. And I'm like, well, is there any, does one of these skyscrapers have an observation deck? He's like, no, just screaming. I'm like, I got kicked out of there too. You just kicked out yeah, half I mean, of Nashville. Alec, huh? liability when he goes to places. Liability blanket Larson. Yeah, you wouldn't need that liability if we had some million dollar ideas. Oh, millionaire. And I, I have a couple. Let me open my notebook for this. But Go to the notes. That's how you know um, it's good. While you're doing that, I'm going to sip on my second drinks. If you don't know what second drinks are, it's when your ice melts and you get second drinks. <laughs> I fucking hope you get hit by a car. <laughs> Uh, the first one, I don't know if it holds any water, but I was thinking change my name to someone famous and then take bookings for, like... That's fraud. If I legally change my name and say, hey, Mike Tyson will come to your party. That is... <laughs> you show up in your... I'm Mike Tyson. It's on my ID. Or, like, change your name to, like... Gregory Gryffindor, MD. So they think you're a doctor, and then you become a, you apply to be a doctor. Sounds a lot like the plot of Catch Me If You Can. But what you should could do if, uh, like somebody like an internet sensation who gets like a lot of like say Venmo for example, if you change it similar, and could maybe ch you have to get lucky by people like mistyping or like X or thinking you're them. You know what I'm saying? Of like your cash tag or your Venmo handle, whatever you want to call them, is like Vanessa S. Williams or, or Serena S. Williams, and hopefully they like yeah. accidentally type yours in. I I don't really know Venmo. That's a good idea. Like that's very what, very you have much. To get lucky. But if so I feel like that's also a scam. I don't know Venmo very much, <laughs> but if someone like randomly Venmo and I didn't know, and they're like, "Hey, can I have twenty dollars?" I would probably just accept it. Well, and then if you well, if you accidentally get people sending you money, how many people are like DMing you like, "Hey, wrong person." So this is evolving. Yeah, we need to find some Venmos that are and just be like, "Sorry, no refunds." Yeah. It says on my website. Fun fact: Ben <laughs> Tiger Woods official. <laughs> Can I have four million dollars? <laughs> uh, Bam Margera posted on his Instagram story. Yeah, he's he's pretty. He posted. He, he was. He, no, he's just crying. He's like, they're not going to let me in the next jackass. And he's For like, good reason. He put his Venmo on. He's like, can everybody just Venmo me $1? If every single one of you Venmo me a dollar, I'd be back on top. And I did. I Venmoed him a dollar, and he liked my Venmo. Which brings up a good point. Everybody whip out their phones right now and Venmo us each $1. That's three. You get a 1,000 of those. Uh, at Eloquarson69. Um. <laughs> Is that really your Venmo? Yes, it sure is. Classic. I don't know my Venmo. Uh, the other one I had was get hit by a nice car. Similar. That is Frank fr Gallagher framing. to its finest. Yeah, it's exactly that. Like, we need to find the four Teslas that exist in Bismarck Mandan. Just go sit by the charging station. Yeah. The, the and one. The, and then just go lay down behind it and get run over. 
if your legs amputated, and then just go, how is it my fault? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the homeless guy is setting the precedent for how we do things. <laughs> Million dollar homeless guy. And then you have a Halloween costume as Lieutenant Dan for the rest of your <laughs> oh, life. For so sure. You're saving money on Halloween costs. Dude, there way. was a Lieutenant Dan on the rooftop. Of- <laughs> Dude, not the Kid Rock bar, the Whiskey Roll bar. Yeah, there was a Lieutenant I, I've Dan. seen a couple. There's actually another homeless guy in Bismarck. They call him Father Andy because he dresses as a priest, but he has no legs and he rolls around in a wheelchair. And he's not a priest, I bet. No, so that's totally that's <laughs> yeah. totally normal. Yeah, and then he just screams at like mannequins that he rolls by in windows. <laughs> do you have, do you have one? I have another one, but oh, I have like, a really good million dollars. Yeah, hit, hit me with yours because my la- my last one we might need to like take out a loan to do because it is that good. You're digging a hole. You need to take out a loan to make a million dollars? I guess spend money to make money. Yeah, I was about to say that. (laughs) Well, here's mine. So, you guys ever try to create like a group text and like a group trip? I hate group texts, first of all. 20 people and mute all of them. Like, you know, like a big group trip. And how impossible it is to like be in charge of that and like try to. Hey, you need to get your money in. Are you still coming? Texting Let me guess. You were in charge of the group uh, to Nashville. Oh, my mother was. Thank oh. God. Wow. She took over. That's good. Yep. Uh, but anyways, I mean, like, that's that's fucking tough. Is it yep. not? Especially when you have a bunch of dipshits for friends. Yeah. Like, yeah, you got a like book. Ba- like, bad bachelor party. You're like, guys, I'm on the hook for, like, four grand right now. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't make a lot of money. Yeah. So and then they're like, <laughs> you got a book, like, a. Four grand is your credit card limit. You got to book a five thousand dollar Airbnb for yeah. the weekend. Shit, and it's like it's just way too tough. What about an app where it's all just in one thing, and you basically just buy your ticket on through the app? Like all of the stuff is included, and you just purchase it right there. That's a it's a great idea, but there's just so many flaky friends. It sounds like a yeah. But if agent. they want to be a flake, then they can't come. Then the price just increases for everybody else, and they got to pay more. But you agree to pay your thing right away. And then before the trip, you can just keep putting in payments and stuff and whatnot. It's a loose, like, uh, like Expedia meets Airbnb meets group text. Group text. I like it. Not a bad idea. I think that one could work. We might have to block out the last five minutes to not give away that million dollars. I think it idea. should just be titled, this sex, this whole section of this podcast should just be titled, Giving Away a Million Dollars to Other People. Well, hopefully the loyal listeners of No Brains, No Headache podcast, um, you know, after they leave us a review and then make their millions of dollars off these ideas, hopefully they give back, you know. You, you, you feed the hand that, fed you or whatever the saying well, is it's, it's kind of similar to <laughs> my last million dollar idea is the one that we have to take a loan out so we're already negative yeah you guys are gonna hate me um so what it is is you find people that are in comas and you brush their teeth for them nope stop no, stop so- okay good that's pretty good all right I mean, there's a lot of people in comas, and we could go around and brush their teeth for them. I'm not going around. Why was that? How am I going to make a million dollars? I'm just thinking of, for some reason, Kill Bill. Don't they have CNAs to do this? I don't know. Maybe they don't. Maybe they shop it out to us. 
Do you brush their teeth? Yeah, I don't know if he, I th- you have to. What are they just gonna? It's like this is a hospital. You don't. How's that a million dollar idea? Aren't you here to wipe his butt? Nope, just brush his teeth, and then I'm out of here. Yeah, we, I'm the teeth guy. Yeah, oh. teeth yeah, guy. we you gotta call we, the butt guy. Are you <laughs> the landscaper? No, I'm the lawnmower. <laughs> oh. No, we we, Sorry. we go to those hospitals that are like big hospitals. It's like, guy's been in a coma for five years. Family won't let him die. And so like, you come in there with some toothpaste and just your crest and just. How much are you charging like a per brush of for teeth to make a million dollars off it? $50 a person. I'm assuming there's at least. Jordan, hit me with it. Uh, So who's how do who who pays you? The hospital or the person in insurance coma. companies, because medical insurance companies pay out the wazoo for random shit. So we need to go into hospitals. Oh, yeah, and, and get then a we're gonna get sued toothbrushes. because it'll be a. <laughs> you brush his teeth and he dies thirty seconds later. Just What's like, your guys' business name? No brains, no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Neither. It's no true. brains, no. No. We don't have a lot of money, so you can't sue us. No brains, no problem. We won't we'll kill Bill you. For you. I don't know if you can make a million dollars doing that, but that person is going to wake up and go, what? They charged me $350 to brush my teeth? Okay, well. Stop, stop. <laughs> good. That's, that's pretty good. Um, I've committed about every white-collar crime that is possible since this podcast has started. And I would like to name them. Okay, let's, let's rattle off the list. Uh, to start it off, I committed... Oh, lost it. I committed voter fraud right away when I went in and voted and my address changed. And they said, oh, do you have an address change? And I said, no. <laughs> and I moved three months earlier. <laughs> Whoops. Too complicated. Just like when you paid your electrical bill. Okay, well, that's another one. So four. The next one is. (laughs) I want to hear the backstory. Did you pay your electrical bill? You never heard the backstory of this? No. You want to take this one? Okay, well, I moved into my house, and I thought that (laughs) they would give me a little leeway, and I was at Best Buy, and Jordan texts me, your power just went out. And if Carter Berger was his realtor... None of that he probably would have been like, hey, by the way, hook up your uh, electrical stuff with the neon bright note they put on your door <laughs> True. that says urgent. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you got to get a good realtor, you know, True. a real estate agent. That's what they do. I don't know if this is insurance fraud or whatever, but I tried to redshirt my car for a year and I didn't update my tags. Yeah, that's you, not really insurance, but you can't redshirt. It just piles up, I'm pretty sure. And I got hmm. pulled over and like, yeah, your uh, tabs are expired. And I was like, yeah, I was trying to, uh, but with COVID, like the DMV was shut down. He's like, yeah, I would usually accept that, but yours are 16 months expired. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was a year before COVID even started. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoops. I knew the kid that had the record in North Dakota for getting pulled over for the most expired uh, tabs. How, how that's long? resume material. He went. He went two years without ever changing his. Talent. Damn it! I could have. I could have broken that. If you didn't get pulled over, yeah, you I got pulled over a gazillion times. Oh, I, I got pulled over once and I just caved like a pussy. <laughs> um, and then the other one was not really tax fraud. Well, kind of tax fraud, but I did my own taxes this year. 
Jordan was here. We were actually like talking, and I was doing my taxes. Yeah, Matt uses you podcast doing your time. taxes. <laughs> well, okay, did you so use TurboTax. Did yeah, you? I I did, but it was like at the start of November, and like if you even got an extension, it was October fifteenth, I think. And I like put it in, like, yeah, this is how much your refund will be. And I did it completely wrong, and my refund is like a third of what it was. The year before, so I definitely like did not need to find a new Matt before the IRS. You need to find Matt a tax man. I think. I mean, you'd think you could figure it out, but you know, when you do it four weeks late after the extension, (laughs) (laughs) oh, you know, with COVID and stuff. (laughs) It's a COVID. It was a tough year. Uh, (laughs) Do you have any notes for the accountant? Talk about a last minute. (laughs) It's like you'll get this much back, and I was like, that is not. A lot, but I guess I mean the country is in turmoil. We're basically North Korea. <laughs> yep. Well, here's something I thought about while I was on the plane to Nashville. Okay, I, I'm following you so far. How many times do we need to know that you cannot smoke in an airport, in a plane, indoors? Like, at what point do they need to take this off of airplanes? I think it's been long enough. If they, they even ring a bell. Just to let you know, there's no lighting up a cigarette on this plane. <laughs> like, what am I... When is anybody ever going to just light a cigarette and nobody around them is going to call them out? I don't think that's ever happened. Well, the funny thing is, is that we, like, buy our airplanes from Asian airplanes that are like older and so they still have the no smoking symbol on it's like but the the fact that they have to remind people to not smoke just blew my mind i was like i think everybody on this plane knows that you don't need to light a cigarette right now no i think they should bring it back i think you should be allowed to smoke on airplanes and at high school basketball games that would i have nothing against it smoking on planes or anywhere in general but. Yeah, got to get with the times, but I don't think they're going to get rid of the no smoking signal thingy until all vehicles that still have an ashtray are no longer out there. So it's going to be a while. Yeah, who even used the ashtray? That means you were hotboxing your vehicle. I was in my vehicle the other day, and then like the way, way back, there's an ashtray back there I found. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, Everybody is just smoking. smoking. Imagine a vehicle of six people and Smoking. only four windows just uh, lighting up six. Yeah, maybe maybe my you grand plan on selling your family. car. It's just like, yeah, this thing reeks like cigarettes, but uh, if you want it, four thousand dollars. They just hide like they hide all the ashtrays in these little you know nooks and crannies, and it's like, why why is this here? Well, yeah, Why is there one an thing, ashtray one right thing here? I did notice on the plane is it says no smoking, but you go to the bathroom and there is yep, an ashtray yep. in the bathroom. That is correct, just in case you do smoke. Yeah, I I do love the people on planes. I don't know if you've seen it that definitely like rip their vape pen, and like I was walking back to the bathroom one time and I just saw like a puff of smoke come up from a guy's <laughs> seat and it's like you could at least just like blow it into your shirt or something. Just guys like, oh, <laughs> that's the best. Whatever. A lot of dumb people out there who don't give a shit. Well, that that that's the other thing when you land at the airport. Like, if you're a smoker, think about, like, how, like, you had a three-hour layover. Like, are, where are you going to go smoke? They have the little lounges. Yeah. There's smoking lounges? Yeah. yeah you got to look for them. It's but. usually, like, a balcony, and you you need to, like, search for them. Oh, but and, pe- and But everything... people that smoke 
buying them. And, like, the mm. walls of them are just, like, light brown <laughs> just because of all the smoke. In the Minneapolis airport, I found a uh, secret little hidden bathroom, like, way in the back. It's like a service entrance almost. And it was probably the cleanest bathroom ever. And you tore it up. Oh, I tore it up big time for sure. I got the altitude is bad. Because, you know, altitude. Dude, but I was, I went to the bathroom and then I was like, we got to get on another flight back to Bismarck. That, uh, that's the, I don't know if you've I, ever. The second time I went back, somebody had lit up a cigarette in there because some guy, <laughs> some guy comes out of the stall and just didn't even wash his hands, just kept his head down and just walked out. Have you ever rid the train to like Whitefish? No, I refuse to oh, so, because so, that is the most derailed train every year. It just somewhere along the line of the Amtrak, but, it falls off. But uh, so when I did it in high school, it was funny because every time you'd stop, there'd be just a mob of people that go off to smoke. But all we'd go downstairs, like in the train where there was like a couple tables and like the bathrooms, and like you'd just walk to a bathroom. There was like six different, like basically porta potties. And you could just see smoke coming out the bottom of one of them. The guy's like, uh-huh. yeah, they don't check down here for cigarettes. It's like, we stopped four minutes ago. Like, <laughs> and I saw, you, I saw you out there. <laughs> Keep the heaters close, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, another thing I thought of oh, was. Oh, God, here we go. The, before he even says anything, what Matt wrote down for the next thing is going to the doctor drunk. I went to the doctor the other day, <laughs> and I so I always bu- try to like book it before work, and it was at seven a.m. and I I was out at the bar until like eleven, and got pretty tuned up, and I came back, <laughs> and that, so I went to the doctor, and like he like everything is good. He's like, oh, we got to do blood work, and I was like, okay. <laughs> And I, like, got my, like, blood drawn and everything. I was just waiting for the people that, like, read the blood. I'm like, you have a .06 alcohol level. <laughs> hey, it's legal. It's like, was that my problem? That was that my problem? It's like, I was really hungover slash still drunk and just got my blood drawn. Uh, you know, yep. Oh I was God. just waiting for, like, the envelope to come back where it's like, yeah, your platelets are normal and... Uh, also, you have a blood alcohol level. I don't know. I got fucking wasted last night. <laughs> and I, I don't know if they even like look for it because it wasn't on there, but they definitely should because people like me that are like, yeah, I'll go to the doctor at 7 a.m. and just get wasted the night before, come in. And t- this is I, true. I had a breathalyzer in college, and it was fantastic to play with, but also I remember Jordan would be in my dorm room, and we would like blow in it to see if we would blow numbers at like three in the afternoon and not drank like that day and you'd blow numbers wonder if a breathalyzer if you stuck it in your butt and farted a buttalizer but a lot fartalizer would it still really no idea i know we're dangerously close to those genes that i came up with so yeah Uh, it's like the apple watch but shitting yourself for genes I, and you get to find out your BAC through <laughs> your ass. I went to I went to the doctor. You get pulled once. over by a cop. He's like, can you fart in this hole for me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Heritage Center. <laughs> the bison exhibit. Who wants to smell bison shit? 
had some homeless guy <laughs> take a dump in there this morning. <laughs> yeah, and I'd be like, uh, God, uh, there's four of us working here. Anyone have to take a shit? I mean, we, we, <laughs> so we, we need some No, fresh. I work here. How is this my problem? Yeah, we, we need to get some fresh product in the Bison exhibit. Uh, can someone go shit through this <laughs> hole? There's just fucking diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, Jordan, let me, let me, let me. The, the bison exhibit just <laughs> yeah. rank. <laughs> it's just roped up. Yeah, you had food poisoning. It did not work out for anyone. <laughs> He's like... also our janitor, so he has to wait, to wait till he wakes up to clean it. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, you know you have to clean that, this right? Is part yeah. of the exhibit. To see <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it for the night guy. There's just shit on the floor. <laughs> they have nightly sewers. <laughs> That's the way she goes. That's the way she goes? That's right. That's the way she goes. Sometimes You're not wrong you... about going to the doctor, though. I remember going, and I had to go and pick up a like a... Really, it's, I guess this antibiotic is really hard on your liver. So they needed to test my liver enzymes before I went. And I just got off of a weekend bender at UND. The old bendy. And I got my liver tested and it came back and the lady's like, yeah, you have a very fatty liver. And I was like, mm, thank you. <laughs> if that's okay or if it's just because I was pretty intoxicated all weekend long. Who knows? Gotta watch out for the Needless fatty to say, liver. I didn't go and get the antibiotic or ever go back and get my liver checked again. Well, sometimes you gotta, you know, figure out what day of the week you're gonna drink. So my question is, do you ever plan out like what days of the week you're going to drink? Like, you yes. know, you you sit down on a Monday morning and you know you fire up the spreadsheet and you're like, all right, what am I drinking this week? Mm-hmm. What's going on? 90% of the time, if you, if you asked me that on a Sunday, I'd wake up and I'd say, no days of the week. Yeah, and then how fast does it change? On a 24, a 24-hour change? I was like, I'm not drinking today. And then we get, I get to the studio, I do some editing, Matt gets home with a fresh, dirty 30. He's like, do you want a beer? I'm like, only if you're having one. He's like, no, I just bought a fresh case to look at it, you know. We didn't come here to knit. Didn't and, come here for a haircut. Oh, and I don't. I this I don't is going to be a good one because he drinks I, on the most random days at the yeah, most see, random times. Like I, I don't want to like speak for the rest of us, but like Jordan and I were like the night where I didn't know where I was, and then we get home, and I'm like, I we have a interview. Shout out John Paul, great interview. But John Paul was like, you guys aren't having a drink, and like. Jordan just goes, yeah, grab us a couple. And it's just like, okay, I'm going to have a couple drinks. There's never a couple drinks. Uh, it was a couple drinks, and then we got the interview done. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to go to bed at 2 <laughs> in the afternoon. <laughs> Matt on Halloween just turns off his lights and says, no candy for you. This is not Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. You didn't let half put the lights on. No, I didn't have no. candy this year. <laughs> Well, like, like for example, like, say Monday night you have, or you have Monday night football, then you have bowling league Tuesday, then you have Steve's birthday Wednesday, then you have Thursday night football. You get those Thursday vibes. There's something about Thursdays. I just get to Thursday, and it's just like, uh, it's practically the weekend. 
Let's go. Next thing you know, it's the weekend, and you're all booked up. You drank seven days in a row. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, we find like the like Steve's birthday. Whoever the hell Steve is, we find Steve the ex- can be anyone. Yeah, we we find Steve. those excuses. Yeah. Those clues. It's no. it's it's nice <laughs> recording Mondays. It's, <laughs> it was Steve the one that was first in Blue's Clues or second? Uh, whatever. I think it was Steve. Okay, but yeah, we find these excuses to drink. It's like, oh uh, yeah, I had a long day at work, but uh, we got nothing to do tonight. You want to have fourteen beers? Sure, that sounds good. Why not? Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> yep. But hey, life's short. You know, a beer or three at the end of the day is just fine. You know, it's not going to hurt you. Uh, life's a precious thing, so mm-hmm. if you want to have a beer, just have it. Have it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it, guys. It should be Bush's new slogan. Okay. Do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do it. Guys, that's our show for this week. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at NBNH Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And if you're feeling a little fruity, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Alec will buy you a beer. Or a 30. 30 beers. Yeah, yeah, he said that. So First person to leave a review, mark my words, sending you a 30 rack. You gotta say something All right. about Alec in the review, though. I love you! I love you! Joni loves Chachi!